Ephesians, the fourth chapter, we're going to begin in, in the 25th verse. So in verse 25, it says, therefore, putting away lying. Who's he talking to? Christians, believers. And he's actually talking to people who have uh, a new nature because they've received the Lord. And then not only do they have a new nature, he has told them now to put this new way of life into action by renewing their mind with the Word of God. Renewing your mind is a lifelong process. You with me? Renewing the mind is a lifelong process. The minute you stop, you start going back. Because the world will feed you so many different things. And after a while, people who you know who used to think lying was wrong think lying's okay. But wait a minute, what, what happened? They stopped renewing their mind and there is a flow the other way. But you can go upstream, so to speak. And so here he said, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Notice he said, speak truth with each other. Why are you to speak truth to other people that are around you, other Christians? Because you're members of one body. We've seen that in Ephesians. That's why we should be truthful with all people, but even in particular, believers. Notice this, for we're members of one another. We're members of one another. Notice verse 26, be angry. That's a good word. Be angry and, oh, just be angry. I told you I'm only going to preach for a little bit today, so you just go ahead and leave. No, be angry and do not sin or do not cross the line. In other words, there is a way to be angry without sinning. But there, that's not always mastered by people, I have found. I have found that people, they're like, well, you know, I could be angry. The Bible said be angry and sin not, and they're sinning. Right? But we should not like certain things, and there can be a holy anger. God never has sinned, but he's been angry at some things, at some ways that people have done things and things that have happened and injustices. Notice this. He said, be angry and do not sin. Then he said this, don't even let the sun go down on your wrath. You need to get a remedy to these things. Don't let things stew day after day. In other words, there is no right for you to be angry for weeks and months on end and have this boiling inside of you where you're just, you know, you need to deal with it before the day is done. I have found this concerning the subject of love, that some people think you that, you know, if I love and I forgive, then... You know, am I supposed to just let people do whatever they want to do and stuff because I've forgiven? No, here's the thing. Somebody could do wrong here this morning. I can let it go and forgive you, but that doesn't mean now I'm going to go put you in with the children and to be a children's worker, but I'll still be kind and forgiving 
But if you've got a problem and you like slapping people and hitting people, I can forgive you real quick and just be kind and not have anything internally wrong with me where I'm just free and kind to you and loving and have no uh in me. But at the same time, you're not going in there because that's also love. You with me? And so when he says, be angry and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, he wants you to get rid of things. Some people get angry and they live with it, but that's not where we're going this morning. Thank God we're clean, right? Be angry and do not sin. Notice the next verse, he said, nor give place to the devil. There's a lot in that verse, but we're not going to touch on it. Maybe next week. Verse 28, let him who stole. This is where we're going. Let him who stole. Remember that candy bar? Let him who stole. Stop stealing or steal no longer. Let him who stole. Why was this person stealing? Why, why was this person stealing? It seems to be so they had something. Notice, he said, let him who stole steal no more. It's interesting to me that in between these verses, he said, nor give place to the devil. I wonder if he's teaching you can stop the devil, but also is he warning people that there's things that you can do with your life that allow the devil access also. Can stealing be an access point if you practice it to allow the devil to get in and wreck things in your life? Can lying be a doorway that allows the enemy to get into your life? Isn't it interesting, he said, don't give place to the devil. He first was talking about don't lie. The next he's talking about don't steal. Isn't it interesting, Jesus, when he appeared, he gave some clarity about the devil. He said the thief, or Satan, does not come but to steal, to kill, and destroy. And then in the context, in Romans, he talks about, earlier on, how he is the father of lies. So if I start lying, am I acting like something that I'm not? You with me? And if I'm stealing, am I doing something that is not attributed to God but the devil? And are those ways of yielding to him? It's interesting. But everybody's doing it. Doesn't matter. It may mean that more people are yielding. You with me? So when he said, don't lie, and he said, don't give place to the enemy, there are people who can lie. And when you do, what are you doing? You're taking on his attributes. And if you open the door, he may try to get in. You with me? nor give place to the devil, let him who stole steal no longer. 
Now remember, if you recall the verses before, he said the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one and how that they follow, you know, that's in 1 John, but they follow the prince of the power of the air. They yield their life, if you remember when we read those things. So they yielded their life. He said, but now you're a new person. You've been created different unto good works. All those things are in the verses before. So now he's saying, don't yield to that. The reason they're yielding, they're not only yielding to a fallen nature, they're yielding to attributes that are of the enemy. And so he's saying, Let, listen, get certain things out of your life that open the door for the enemy to come in. If you leave your front door open, somebody may try to come in. Maybe a cat, a dog, a skunk, a, I mean anything. I mean, I saw a, a video of a full out, you know, there's many of them, but just recently, of a deer. Yeah, and they're so pretty, though. Yeah, and you should have seen the house. But it just doesn't seem that bad. But when he gets in and starts kicking up the furniture and busting out windows and all kinds of other things, it's not that old Rudolph that we watched right before Christmas. You with me? And so when he says here, nor give place to the devil, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor. Let him go to work. Let him go to work. Work is not the devil. Lazy is not right. We know that. Because the Bible talks about how poverty comes upon that person. But here's an interesting thing because there's something to this we need to look at. If I close the door to the enemy, can I expect something else? If, if, if he said obey, quit stealing, don't steal any longer, but rather labor, working with your hands, what is good? Because, you know, then there'd be that person who'd go, oh, cool, I'll grow marijuana then. Labor with my hands. So he had to put in there that which is good. You know, because somebody would say, Oh, yeah, let's make dirty magazines. No, that's not good. You with me? So he said, let him labor with his hands, that which is good. Then notice the next part. So he wants you to do something that's good, that he may have something to give. And then it goes on to him who has need. But we know that we are to give under the Lord, too, when we work, and out of what we have. Here's an interesting thought here. If I close the door to the enemy, and I choose to do what God has told me to do, 
and he said work, then he said I would have enough if I worked to be able to give. That means I'd have enough for me and more. Right? Because you, hey, if, if, if I ate all the food I had and I didn't have any leftovers, I can't give you any leftovers. You're like, you seriously had like a chicken enchilada? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Well, I'd have liked to try that. Oh, there ain't none left. But if I have another chicken enchilada, I might want to give you something. I don't know. But at least I have some to give. But if I eat it all, I don't even have any to give. But can you get full enough where you have to have enough left over? I mean, you have some left over, then you should give, right? But here's the interesting thing. If I close the door to the enemy and start doing what the Lord said, turn with me to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Now, now know this, this that we're about to read is a blessing that in the New Testament is actually on every Christian. Every believer in Christ, if you read Galatians, the third chapter, this truth is about your life. But remember this, you got to stop stealing, close the door, then start doing. Then you should expect this right here, Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. It says, once I get there, it says, it still says it, I'm just not there. It says, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses or your storage places and in all to which you set, notice the phrase, set your hand. Now remember what he told you to do over there? He said, put your hand to something good. He said here, once you start putting your hand to something, he said, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. This blessing will come upon you if you'll start acting. Notice the 30th chapter and the 8th and 9th verse. Deuteronomy 30, verse 8 and 9. Notice this, it says, And you will again obey the voice of the Lord. Man, that's good to obey the voice of the Lord. Deal with, deal with us, Lord, and we'll obey. And do all his commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hands. If what? If you obey him, then he'll bless the work of your hands. Notice he doesn't just bless the work of your hands. Notice it's directly connected to your obedience to him. When you serve him, we know from, from Matthew 6, he said, if you'll seek me first, he said, I'll start adding stuff to your life. Notice what that he told us to do in Ephesians. He said, start doing something with your hand. But how do I get the blessing working through my hand? In the other side of life, be obedient to the Lord. And he said he would command this blessing on you if you would obey. And notice he said, and if you will obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments, the things he deals with you, 
His statutes, which are written in the book of the law. Notice, and if you turn to the Lord, your God, with all your heart, in verse 10, what will happen? And with all your soul. If you do this, these blessings will be yours. Go back to verse 9. The Lord your God will make you abound in all in all the work, or I'm sorry, will make you abound in all the work of your hand. That's such an interesting thing. If you obey, and in the fruit of your body, and in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your land, in other words, these are all the areas where you work, the produce of your land for good for the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. In other words, listen, we can read, guys, this is what he's saying, in the past how God blessed us as we obeyed him and we put him first. We didn't just labor and it happened. We labored and we obeyed God. That blessing came. He said, remember how God did it in the past? It will happen again if you will obey me. If you'll do what I say, it can happen again. So he said, oh, I've been working hard. Don't just work hard. Be obedient to the Lord. Then he said he would bless what you put your hand to. Here's an interesting thing right here. Deuteronomy 8, 7, and we're going to close with these verses. We can work if we will obey God. God can make your work prosperous. More than you can do, he can do. In other words, you do what you're supposed to do. You do the work you're supposed to do. You be obedient with your life and you watch what God will do with your hand activity, so to speak, of labor. You should expect when I put my hand to this, God will bless it. God will bless it because I'm obeying him. Same pencil, same computer keyboard, same job, different motive in me. I'm obeying God. Now there's something that he's adding to the keyboard, to the sales, to whatever else. Same thing. I'm just doing what he's been dealing with me about. I'm doing it. He adds his part to it. This is so interesting right here, uh, these verses, because they're basically in line with the verses we've been reading. It's not that he'll just, you know, in other words, it's kind of like you put your hands to it, but when you're obeying, he'll put his hands to it with you, so to speak. He'll make you the head and not the tail. You don't have to be afraid because you know God's working with you. You need to be afraid if you're doing it on your own. Because you are at the will of the wind. But when you got God behind you, you're in good shape. And the way you get God taking hold with you is as you obey. There was a video that was going around recently, and I think it's actually went around a long time ago, of this bear cub. It was a grizzly bear cub and a mountain lion. It was a literal video was chasing it. 
And uh, it got close, and it broke the branch it was on, and it fell in this river and started going down. So the mountain lion just went down. Maybe some of you saw it. And it just waited for this grizzly bear cub that had gotten on a piece of wood to come to the bottom where this waterfall was. And the, the mountain lion took some swipes at it. And uh, the grizzly bear cub, you know, does its wine thing and took off and swam up a little, got out. And so the mountain lion ran around to get it and it went to attack it. And that, that little grizzly bear was a little more than a cub, but it wasn't that big. I mean, it was no match. I mean, it was a good-sized mountain lion. Started making its noise, you know, the, and, and the mountain lion went to move in. And that grizzly bear cub just started, ah, and the mountain lion started backing away. And they zoomed out with the camera, and the mother grizzly bear had come behind the thing and it drove back the mountain lion. So many people are trying to drive back their problems without being associated with God and without obeying God. And they are far from him in that aspect. And he said, if you would do it, he said it would happen just like you've read about in the past. Man, how many people want to be blessed this New Year's? People are, I've got a New Year's resolution, I'm going to dream big. Why don't you obey God? And then the blessing will be on what you do. And then you're like, well, I'm trusting God. Will you obey him? And he said he'll bless then what you put your hand to. Now there's another warning to this. It's not for everybody, but it is for everybody. Wonder why they got in the place they got in. where they had known God, and he said, well, do it again like I did it to your fathers. Some of the stuff of the past needs to not just be about the past and how God blessed and did this. It needs to be about our present. It needs to be about your life. His business needs to be up in your business. You know what I mean by that? You obey him and let him get involved. You won't have to force and strive and try to exercise great faith. No, because he will do it. Notice Deuteronomy 8, verse 7, and we're going to read a few verses here and close. Notice this. For the Lord your God is bringing you, but he talks about the blessings and all those things, how he swore to the fathers over there, and he was making these promises. They were walking in them, then it stopped happening. But as they obeyed, these things happened, right? When we read later on, he said it can happen again. For the Lord, your God, is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of, of valleys and hills. This is into the promised land. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs and pomegranates. Eh, that's got to be decent a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. This is a place of just plenty and overflowing. A land, and notice who's bringing them in? The Lord. How did the first bunch not get here? They didn't obey God. How did the second bunch get here? The promise was theirs, but God didn't help them take the land. But he helped the next bunch because they obeyed, right? 
And these things are written, the Bible said, for our learning, for our admonition. He said, in which you uh, lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose um, hills you can dig copper. I mean, they're going to have precious metals. I mean, this could be close to Arizona. There's copper there. Verse 10, not literally. When you have eaten and are full. In other words, when you start partaking, this is important. Then you shall bless the Lord your God. Remember to give unto the Lord what is due his name. Praise everything that's due him. He said, the Lord your God, for the good land which he has given you. Now remember, if you'll obey him, he'll get involved in your life. He'll work in areas where you don't realize he could, because you've tried before, but you need to add the formula of, I'll obey you, Lord, and then obey him. Notice this very last verse we're going to read. Beware. You know, it used to be you'd see signs when we were younger, beware of dog. That meant, don't just go jump in this backyard, because you're going to get attacked. But notice he starts talking about these blessings, if you'll obey, this good stuff happening in your life. And he said, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. Notice this. There's a warning not only, you know, when you're doing wrong, don't do wrong, but there are warnings when good starts happening in your life. Because people can start going, I'm enjoying this. I believe there's elements where our country is just so prospered, their prosperity, they just followed after it and have left the Lord. You with me? What we need to do is prosper and not forget the Lord. Because the thing that got us to that place was keeping those commandments, doing the things, loving the Lord God, and His hands were on there. I guarantee you this, I believe God wants to get His hands in your life like never before. And I don't believe He's trying to make it hard. I believe all He wants you to do is obey Him. Keep Him first. Obey Him. And let Him get involved in your life. And as you are obeying him, you should say, Lord, I'm obeying you. I'm obeying you. I've done it before in my own life. When I worked in secular work, before I started working full-time at the church, I would say that, Lord, I'm obeying you. I, I, I deserve more money, I'm blessings and stuff. And things would happen not just through work, but other ways too. You could get side work. But then there were blessings that came, and I started moving up and up and up in the company until I became the highest in the company. Here's the thing. Realize you don't just have to fight for that. You need to obey God in all He deals with you about. And then there will be no stopping. And your effort won't have to be focused on that. It'll stay focused on what's right, the Lord and His thing. That's a healthy place to be.